discover the inherent power of God in you. Whether there are challenges or not, we are still the same. We are constant. God is constant. God does not change. And that is the life that we have received. He says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That is the same life we have also received. We are also the same yesterday, today, and forever. What kind of life? We, we, we are the same because we have the same life with Christ. So when you think about God, think about you. Because everything He is. That is why He told Abraham, He said, I am your, your exceeding great reward. God gave Himself as a reward to Abraham. And we are the seed of Abraham. Therefore, we have inherited God Himself. Listen to Pastor Oti Boateng as Christ is magnified in you. Thank you, Father, for the power of your word. Thank you that your word comes to transform, change our lives and change our hearts. Thank you that we are moved from one level of glory to another, even in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Yeah. You may take your seats in heavenly places where you belong. Hallelujah. Yeah. I've been sharing concerning four facts for what, or four factors for change, isn't it? Four factors for change. Four important factors for change. And the very first thing I mentioned was what? To know the word, isn't it? The second thing was what? To believe. And I'm still talking about believing, isn't it? That was what last week I spoke about. Okay, and the third thing is what? Speaking what you believe. Hallelujah. What's the fourth thing? Patience. 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 These are Four very, very important factors for real change. You can have change in your life. You can see what God has said concerning you come to pass. Literally. If only you would learn to do some of these things. A lot of things, change is not passive. Change is active. You have to intentionally decide to change something about yourself. Or else it will not change. If you, don't, if you are not intent on changing it, it will not change. Hallelujah. Yeah. How many of you want some changes to happen in your life? You want you want your financial status to change. You want your your relationship status to change, isn't it? Yeah. Probably you are looking for a, a beloved. A beloved is not coming. There are some things you could do in your own power to put things in place. Hallelujah. Realize that you are coming from a very terrible home, very poor home, and you but you would want to. You know in your heart that God wants you to get to a certain platform in life. He wants you to be a blessing to millions all around the world. How is that going to happen? It's going to happen if only you try, if only you allow yourself to, to, to bring change into your life. Okay? A wise man said, doing the same thing and expecting a different result is the beginning of madness. Is it true? What do you think? Doing the same thing and expecting a different result Okay, it's the beginning of madness. If you are doing the same thing, if you want you are in school, you want to pass your exams and you are sleeping, consistently sleeping, you slept the first semester and you failed. And second semester, you say you want to do well, you want to think you want things to change, and you continue sleeping, what do you think will happen? You will get the same results of failure, isn't it? Yeah. If if you were you were a businessman and the very first time you started a business, you, you did you know you put some things in place and it didn't work. The next time, you should find out how you can make things work and employ those things for it to work. Hallelujah. Yeah. So if you change is not it's not it's not passive. It's really active. Okay. You are there's there's a sickness in your body. There's something happening chronic happening in your body in your system. You want to change. It's not going to change 
by you being passive about it. It's going to change by you actively putting the word of God for yourself to work. Hallelujah. So you must know what God's word says concerning what you, what you want to change. You see, you must know God's word concerning what you want to change. Then, you, you must start believing what you know now. Gathering knowledge is not the same as believing the knowledge you've gathered. Those are two different things altogether. Because you can see something being done, but you do the same thing and not get results. It's something that is in the house of God a lot. Ministry is not a small thing. It's a very difficult thing, actually. Okay? And that's what I mean when I say it's a very difficult thing. Because it's not a joke for one person to believe what you are saying. Hallelujah. Yeah. Noah preached for 120 years and only eight people believed in him. Only seven people apart from himself believed in him. Do you know 120 years? He preached for 120 long years and only seven other people. And funny enough, the seven people were his own family. His own family members. Three were his sons and the other three were his sons' wives. And the other person was his own wife. Hallelujah. Angels came to come and preach at Sodom and Gomorrah. They preached to the Bible says that they went through the town and people were seeing them, but none of them changed. Okay? And Lot and his wife and his two daughters were the only ones who believed what they were saying and moved out. Lot had more than one child, uh, two children. He had daughters who were married to many, to many other people. Read your Bible back if you see it. There were other people who were Lot's uh, sons-in-law who came to the house to hear what the angels had said, but they didn't believe it. So out of all the people in Sodom and Gomorrah, only Lot, his wife, and two daughters were saved. Even his wife could not go with him. At the point, the wife had, it's like my jewelry. All my jewelry is in there. My makeup is all inside there. So she, my what? My wig, my Brazilian, <laughs> my Brazilian wig is there. My Peruvian wig is there. So she turned. The Bible says that she became a pillar of salt. So Jesus said in the New Testament, he said, remember Lot's wife. Covetousness is what caused Lot's wife to become what she became. She couldn't get to the place where God wanted them to get, wanted her to get. Hallelujah. So most ministers um, hear something from people who have had their churches growing or people who have been able to do something and then they run up to try and do the same thing. You get it? So the pastor will say, oh, we did evangelism in this place. And did something here. I built a, a very big, a very big auditorium, and God filled it. You know, I remember a certain story about uh, uh, Pastor Yonggi Cho in Korea. He he wanted to build a 10,000 seat auditorium. Okay, now this is how he, this this is what happened. The soul of God sowed that into his heart. Okay, he was praying one day, and God put that in his heart. And told him where he should build it. So he went, looked at the place. He didn't even have money to buy the land. So he went back to God and prayed and asked God, What do you want me to? How do you want to get this thing done? Where is the money going to come from? When he got the money to buy the land and they started a foundation and he saw the death of the foundation, his faith got vanished. His faith vanished just like that. It's like, How can this thing be done? When he saw the foundation, like the foundation they were digging, one pillar. Very big, like from here to the wall. Very big, 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 big stuff. And he was wondering where the concrete was going to come. Where the Wait, what are all those? He knew his congregation. He knows everything. You know? And he couldn't believe it. So he decided to go and wait on God and pray. Find out. Spent days and days reading the Bible and asking God to speak to him. And 
asking God to help him believe what he has said. Help me. So he was working on his believing, reading the Bible, fasting, praying, saying things to himself. It will be done. It will be done. Until he received the word from God that, listen, this thing is going to really be done. His believing came to its summit. Then he rushed out of his room shouting, I found it. It's going to be done. I found it. It's going to be done. And the wife could not, the wife didn't know what to do because he was so hysterical, jumping all over the place. And the wife tried to calm him down. When she finally did, he said, Oh, God has, well, God has showed me how the thing can work. And he went ahead, did what God showed him to do. And it worked. And the 10,000 seat auditorium, very big church, was built. And it was filled in a year. Can you imagine? It was filled in a year. He had 2,000 people when he was building that thing. But in one year, that building was filled. So someone heard him talk about his own experience. A pastor, a younger pastor, heard him talk about this several years later, about 30 years later, he was talking about his experience. And someone sitting by, who is also a pastor, a young pastor, two of them actually, decided that we can have the results that Pastor Ongicho had. Let's do the same thing. Now, so what they did was that they didn't even, if you want to do the same thing, they should do from the beginning. I mean, what he did, because he waited on God. They didn't do that. They just went straight and went to get a bank loan and bought a land somewhere. You know, because I think that I think the pastor did that at the point. Pastor Yongicho did that. God showed him to go for a bank loan and showed him how it can be paid back. So it was, I mean, there was no problem. It was perfect. You get it? It was an instruction from God to him specifically. But these guys didn't hear God talk to them specifically about that. They went straight to the bank, collected the loan, and built a 10,000-seat auditorium when they didn't have one member in their church. Believing God that the church would be filled. Hey! To date, I don't know if it has been filled yet. And this is is like another 30, let's say about 20 years ago. It's not been filled. Okay, so you can't just... When you hear, you, you get some knowledge concerning something. Oh, this person sowed a seed. Of thousand Ghana cities, and he had hundred thousand Ghana cities in in a week. Someone blessed him with hundred thousand Ghana cities. So all of a sudden, you change thousand Ghana city seed for hundred thousand Ghana cities. Something. God is not like a lottery. He's not like Pram or R five or any of those things. He's not a lottery where you give uh, some amount and then when you win you get something more. No. God operates on the on the basis of faith. Hallelujah. God has to talk to you. Okay? God has to talk to you. For instance, two, two ladies who were going to, they, were, they, were going to, they had gone to church and they were crossing over. They were trying to go to the house. Okay? No, they were going to, for a convention. But when they got, there was rain, it was really raining that day. They got to a river. The river had overflown its banks. I mean, plenty of things were happening in there. The river was really full. You know? They got there and then they said that Peter walked on water. Peter walked on water. So we can also walk on water. Let's walk on the water. There were actually three. There were two, three of them. So they held each other, ladies, they held each other's hands and tried to walk on the water. Their bodies were found several weeks later, washed off the sea. I mean, they, they, the, the river took them into the sea and washed them, their bodies back to the, to the, to the earth. And their eyes were gone. The, 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 you know, you know, fishes eat eyes 
a nose, a mouth. That's what an ears. All the things that <laughs> they like your senses. They, that's what they eat. Hallelujah. It's amazing. Maybe the fish you ate yesterday has. Hallelujah. <laughs> yeah, they came back without eyes, everything, and they were dead, gone. I thought someone walked on water. Didn't someone walk on water? Someone walked on water, isn't it? Peter walked on water. In fact, Charles and Frances Hunter. Charles and Frances Hunter were ministers of God. Okay. They walked on water at a point in their lives. They, they were also going to preach somewhere. They got to a point and they realized they needed to cross. And God spoke to them that you can go to pray to God and ask God what to do. How do we get to the other side? God told them, walk on the water. And they started walking and were able to walk to the other side. But when we were coming back, there were boats. So they didn't pray that prayer and walk on the water. <laughs> They went straight into the boats and went and crossed over. That's the wisdom of God, isn't it? So you don't just do what someone else is doing. Oh, it's been done before. It can be done. No, it doesn't work like that. You need to hear God for yourself. If you don't hear God for yourself, what you are attempting to do will fail. And you say that the word of God does not work. You say that, oh, God is too wicked. You know, these these three people who died. it, It happened... I know someone personally who has died because he tried to walk on water. Yes, personally, I know him. Senior minister, he's not a small, senior, senior minister in a very big church. He went to, he was transferred to a village somewhere to go and preach. After some months, he was supposed to go to another side to go and preach. And he just, there were other people standing there, he said he's going to cause the water for them to see that he's crossing the water. And he drowned right before his, his congregation. Right before his congregation, he drowned. Hallelujah. So, um, what I'm trying to say is that don't just get involved in things. Don't just say, oh, this is what this person did. So, me too, I can do it. Yes, it's true. You too, you can do it. But hear from God, first of all. And how do you hear from God? By putting your faith to work. How do you do that? By gathering knowledge concerning it and believing what you are, think you are talking about. Believe it. Okay? Believe it. The fact that someone had cancer and was, was slapped by the pastor and the cancer left does not mean that the pastor can start a slapping ministry or the people can start coming with for slaps for them to be fine it's, there's nothing like that you've noticed Jesus never repeated a miracle there was a day Jesus used sand to heal somebody he took mud made eyes out of it spat on the mud made something out of it and put it, stuck it into the person's eye the guy didn't have eyeballs Hallelujah. The guy didn't have eyeballs. I needed eyeballs. Jesus made eyeballs and stuck it in there and told him to go and wash in a certain pool called the pool of silver. As he did, as he washed, and he looked up, he could see men. He said, Jesus asked him, Can you see? He said, I can see men like trees. I see, but it's like they are walk- I see them like trees. Like they're just like trees. Then he made him wash again. Prayed for him again. Then the guy's eyes were opened. But the next time Jesus met someone who was blind, he didn't repeat that particular thing. Can you imagine? He just he would just say, I should open and it will open. So it depends on what God is saying to you. Okay? Circumstances are not always the same. What God did for one under the same circumstance, he can do for the other person under the same circumstance. But they are, they are, you must get to the same place in faith. It's very important. Okay? So don't just hear things and run off. Hey, this is how it's done. So let me go. No, no, no. It's not done like that. The way God would have you 
get yours may not be the same as God will have another person's own to happen. Okay? So God has to talk to you. What does God what does God want for you? How does God want this particular thing, this change to happen? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You like what I'm saying? Okay, so you gather knowledge and you, you believe in the knowledge of God. You believe in the knowledge. You have to believe in it. You have to believe in it. And in the process of believing in it, God will talk to you. God will speak to you. God will show you exactly what to do. Sometimes it's called Rema. Rema is the, the written word of God coming alive to you. Do you see? Rema is the specific word of God for a specific person, for a specific purpose, to achieve a specific goal. So God will talk to you specifically. Do this. I talk about church goal because I know uh, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a pastor. I'm into church stuff. Okay? Yeah. There was this man of God who started, was told by God that you have a very big, God told him you build a mega church in India. I was watching with, with my brother some time ago. He told him you build a, me- a mega church in India in 1995. Do you know 1995? How many years ago was that? 20, 22 years ago that you built a mega church. As such, 2005, he had 25 members. What kind of mega church is that? 25 members. As such, 2010 years. After 10 years, and there was no, there was no change much. You know, he was into the, as he was moving, he was a missionary, so he would move around and preach. When he goes and preaches out, out there, he'll get a lot of people, thousands of people coming to his crusade and he preach to them. But when he, none of them were reflecting into his church. Nothing was happening. 25 people for 10 long years. Hey, is it not serious? So he started asking God, God, how? What's going on? You know, during the 10 year period, he was just asking God, what's going on? And God told him, listen, I spoke to you. I will do it. You see, he was expecting God to do it in a certain way, but it didn't happen like that. In 2005, God told him that now it's going to start working. By 2006, the congregation had moved from 25 to about 1,000. 2007, from 1,000 to about 3,000. 2008, from 3,000 to about 9,000. By 2012, he had 120,000 people in his church. How many years is that? That's just about seven years. Seven years later, he had 120,000 people. And he said, God, we need a place. Because these people are too many. We need a place to be. That was in 2012, isn't it? They built their place in 2012, yeah. So, as he was praying, God led him to a place in the Bible. Nehemiah fasted for 52, uh, he fasted, they fasted for about three months. And they built the, the walls of Jerusalem in 52 days. So God told him that, I'm going to build this church in 52 days. And God told him that go to the center of town. He told God, I want center of town. Not I don't this church. I don't want you to go into the forest. The banks are in the in the town, in the city. The 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 what else is in the city? The cinemas are in the city. The pubs are in the city. The hotels are in the city. Why should the church go into the forest? I will not go into the forest. I want something in the city. And God gave him a 12 acre land in the city. Somewhere in the city. Everybody was shocked. They bought the God money, bought it, everything. Then they started building. And in 52 days, they built an 18 seat auditorium. 18,000 seats auditorium. Can you imagine? In, do you know 52 days? 
They started 11th November. They ended 1st January. The first day they entered was 1st January the following year. 52 days. Built everything. Now, someone will hear that and say, Me too, I'll do something in 52 days. You lie bad. You will die. Your blood will be used as the beginning of the, the foundation of the building. It doesn't work like that. Do you get it? Uh-huh. It doesn't work. You must, you, must, you must get to God for yourself. That's basically what I want you to understand. You must get to God for yourself. And hear God for yourself. You must hear God. What does God want for me? You see? Yeah. How does God, sometimes you see that you are, you are, you are talking about righteousness in the Bible, but you check your life, you realize you are a very bad boy. You are not correct like that. How, how are things going to change for me? You need to spend time with God's word. And, le- and believe it for yourself. Believe what God has said for yourself. Then God will speak out of what you believe. And show you exactly how to live your life. How to make things work for you. Someone said that, oh me, I wake up at 3am every day to pray. You may not be able to wake up at 3am every day to pray. Because you sleep at 12. If you sleep at 12, how can you wake up at 3 to pray? Till 6. Is that going to work? You will die before... before <laughs> Hallelujah. So, if you want change, do these things. And you can see change. You can. You can. Okay? You can. Yesterday I was listening to someone's testimony of healing. He had an accident and uh, one of his... The bones in his neck... You know, just went off. Some portion went off. And almost got to his his uh, trachea. Eh? What he breathed through. You know trachea, right? He almost got there. So it was just some few meters away. You know. If he had just touched it, he would have died. But he didn't touch it. The doctors operated and straightened it once again. When they straightened it, it started growing. The bone started growing into his brain. And it was going to touch his brain, some push, some a nerve in his brain that would make him paralyzed. The doctor said they are going to. And he had suffered so much to get it straightened from, away from his trachea. You know, he had suffered so much. He suffered for three months. They punched holes in his forehead and, you know, at, at his output and put something on his head to pull the neck up so that the thing can straighten. And they are going to operate on him again to push. I don't know how, whether they were going to cut, whatever they were going to do. They are going to do another operation that would take for another six months or something. And he was not, he was so sad. He started praying, started asking God, God, heal me. What is the meaning of this? Help me. And as he was praying, God spoke to him that I've healed you. So the following day, he went to the hospital and said, Doctor, I'm healed. Check me. And he checked, the thing was still, it was, it was even getting closer to the nerve. He said, We have to do the emergency. This is an emergency. But they needed some screws to be able to get it done. And the screws were not coming. Hey! So he decided, Okay. He went to church. As they're praying, the pastor laid hands on him, not for healing or anything, but he was believing. He, he, had, he, had, he had been talking to God, God. And he had stayed on healing for a very long time. He said, Psalm 103, verse 3 came to him, you know, who forgiveth all thy sins and healeth all thy diseases. You know, so he knew, God, God has forgiven me. Oh my, he was a very bad boy before. The accident changed him. He was a very, very bad boy. But the accident changed him. Yeah, I mean, his, he had a very huge, his, his skull was, you know, his skull cracked. I mean, so many things happened to him. The accident changed him, he became very fine. And he, he saw this, God spoke the scripture to him. Who forgiveth all thy iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases. So he started using the scripture. 
God has forgiven me of all my sins and has healed me of all my diseases. I'm healed in the name of the Lord Jesus. So he had that in his heart before the pastor even touched him. The pastor didn't touch him for that purpose. When he touched him, he fell under the power. When he came up from, from the ground, he knew in himself that he was fine. The following day, he went to the hospital again. To the, the doctor that, doctor, check me again. The doctor did the first x-ray. Who didn't believe it? And did another x-ray. He wanted to go for a third one, but I think you can't do that, isn't it? You can't do so many x-rays at once like that. So he's, he's just, he just came to me and told him that, what, why, what happened to you? What happened to you? I don't see, the thing, the, the bone has gone back into its original place. This is, it doesn't, it's too complicated. What happened? We told, did you go somewhere? What did you go? <laughs> and the guy told him he went to church. And he had faith. He believed that this was going to happen to him. And it happened to him. Now, another person's experience is different. Another person may have a similar condition, but his experience and the word that God will show him will be different. The person may go and sit with this one and say, who will let thy disease, who forgive it? And it will not work for him. Are you getting it? He may get he may, similar condition and pick the scripture and try to, but it may not work. God will use another one for him. God may start here, but he will use for you. you see, your circumstances are different. Your, your system, your makeup is different. You need some things for God to say to you in particular. Doesn't make sense what I'm saying. Yeah. So, prosperity is ours. You may hear someone say, prosperity is mine. And you may also be repeating the same thing. Prosperity is mine without believing it. It's not about what you are saying. It's about what you believe. The same must come out of the abundance of your heart. Out of the abundance of your heart, the mouth speaketh. You must get your heart filled with God's word. And you must hear God for yourself. Okay? Out of that abundance, you, you speak. The word of God will come out of you and you speak God's word and see a change in your life. Hallelujah. So we've spoken about gathering knowledge or getting the knowledge of God's word, believing. The next thing is to, what, is to speak what you believe. Is to speak as you are directed. That's what I'm trying to talk to you about now. As you are directed. As you are directed. What does God want me to say? Okay? It will come to you as a rema. The word of God will be quickened in your spirit at that particular moment. And when you, when you declare it, that thing will be created. And with time, it will show up physically here on earth. You'll be surprised. There's a creative word. Okay? And there's a sustaining word. They are not the same. There's a creative word. See, a creative word. And the word of God that creates, it can create. Hallelujah. It can create, bring into existence what does not exist. You see? The Bible is not emphatic about what to do when your neck, you have a neck problem. There are no instructions like that. If you want to prosper, use these scriptures. Number one, number two, number three, number four. There's nothing like that. A man prospered with a scripture in Matthew chapter 5. His prosperity was hidden in Matthew chapter 5. You are the salt of the earth. Salt of the, he, he, as he was praying about his, his poverty, and how he wanted things to change. He, was, he came to the pastor asking him, Pastor, you've been talking about prosperity and everything, but I, I, I'm not rich. I've been saying I'm rich, but I'm, I realize I'm not rich. Yes, I'm saying it, but then the pastor said, You don't really believe what you're saying. There are others in the church who, has, who they believe what they are saying, but you don't believe in it. Because in order for you to believe, go, I've built a, a, a prayer center somewhere. Go and go and pray there. Go and lock yourself up and pray there and fast. So the guy went there, praying and fasting. As he was praying and fasting, he got to Matthew chapter 5. He was reading the Bible. He got to Matthew chapter 5, verse 13. 
and he saw he had the salt of the earth. When he saw that, God spoke to him, go and sell salt. Your, your money is in salt. He's a billionaire, dollar billionaire right now as I talked to him. He came out of there shouting. Went to his pastor straight. God has spoken to me. I know what to do. I know. Sometimes, you see, your mind can talk to you. Your mind can show you what to do. And it will not work. Have you realized? How you can plan. You can plan. I'll do this. I'll do that. I'll do that. See if it will work. You will struggle and struggle and struggle for a very long time. I realized a long time ago that that thing does not work. When I use my mind, it does not work. But when you allow the Spirit of God to speak to you into your mind, then things work. God shows you that, go here, do it like this, you'll be surprised. Hallelujah. God, he had the sort of the earth, and God, when he read it, he had the sort it just resounded in, in the spirit. He knew that God was talking to him. Go and start sort business. And he left. He didn't have the money, he didn't have anything. He just went there. You know, and, and amazing, when God speaks to you, you don't need to have money. He makes all the provision available. You don't need to have money. He went there, and just in his shirt, everything like that, he got a contract to supply salt. Someone said, okay, so you can supply me. Okay, supply me. Salt. And he started, that was the beginning of his supply. His supply, whatever. His supply company. Hey. He spoke to the people there, oh, I, I need to supply this man. Salt. When I get the, the thing, the salt, he'll give him the money, and I'll bring him the money. And he put his profit, small profit on it. That was the beginning. He didn't have money. You know you don't need to have money for a lot of things. But you can't just go. Motivational speakers will say, you don't need money for a lot, anything. Just go and it will work. Brother, it is not everything that will work for you. There are some visions that people, people are carrying that will forever be a perpetual pregnancy. It will forever stay in the pregnancy stage. That baby will never be born. That dream will never be born because your dream is not correct. It's not something that is inspired by God. God is not the one who has inspired it. No matter how long a time you spend with God to know exactly what to do or exactly what to believe, spend it with God. Because it's like what is written in Ecclesiastes. It says that if the, if the axe is not sharp, you, you need many blows to, to cut the tree. But if the axe is sharp, you need few blows to cut the tree. Is it true? If I gave you 24 hours to cut down a tree, and I gave you a very blunt, a kitchen, a, no kitchen knife, a very blunt, let's say, cutlass. What will you do? What will you do? If you have to spend a, a 23 hours sharpening it, spend the 23 hours sharpening it and use one hour to cut it. Because you apply very little, isn't it? So it is better to hear from God before you move than to move and do a lot of things do a lot of things, do a lot of things then as long as you realize let's go and hear from God hallelujah God just spoke to him and that, that was the beginning of his business this principle always works this church is a church where the owner of Samsung goes to church the church I'm talking, Yongi Chu's church all this, he has billionaires, plenty of them, because he taught them what I'm teaching you now. So I know you're also going to be billionaires. Because you're going to be doing what I'm telling you now. Yeah, that's how it works. If it is not inspired by God, it doesn't have any business coming to pass. God must show it to you. When he shows it to you and you start it, you'll be surprised. No matter how long it takes, you just know. No, the, the length of time 
encourages you to even believe some more. I showed you about Abraham the last time. Where, because he knew God had spoken to him, he was not moved. At different points, he was moved, but God would tell him, don't worry, it will happen. He was working on, God was working on his believing. Working on his believing. To see what, what, whether he will believe what he really wants him to believe. And in the long run, it happened. But it took 25 long years, but it happened. Didn't it happen? It happened. Hallelujah. If you know God has spoken to you, time is not a problem. Patience would not be a problem for you. But says that Abraham believed against hope. He believed against hope. The hope that Sarah would give birth was dwindling every single year. Yet he was calling Sarah, not Sarai, but Sarah, mother of princes. And he was not being called Abraham, but Abraham, father of many nations. Meanwhile, he didn't, have even, he didn't even have one child. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Yeah. You see, if you read the Bible, you realize that Hannah didn't have a child, doesn't it? He prayed and God, she prayed and God gave her a child. Abraham didn't have a child. He also prayed and God gave him a child, doesn't it? Several people. Zachariah's wife, uh, Elizabeth, didn't have a child. She prayed and God gave her a child, doesn't it? But when you look at the conditions around them, were, this, were they the same? They're not the same, they're different. Was it the same God? Same God, isn't it? Were there people any different? They were all seed of Abraham. They were all children of God. They were there. But the, the way it happened was different. The way to happen for you is not, it's not going to be the same as it will happen for the other person. Okay? Yeah. So don't compare yourself with each other. They comparing themselves among themselves have become unwise. It's the beginning of foolishness to start saying, I want it to be the same way. No, it will not happen like that. Hallelujah. So this is what happens. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13. It says, We have in the same spirit of faith, according as it is written. This is how the spirit of faith behaves. Okay? It says, According as it is written, I believed, and therefore have I spoken. We also believe, and therefore speak. We also believe, and therefore speak. So the end of believing is speaking. Okay? The end of speaking or the result of believing is speaking. Ultimately, when you believe, a word will proceed out of your mouth. God will lead you to speak. And when you speak that word, it will create what you need. Hallelujah. Hmm. That woman who had the issue of blood for 12 long years, she has suffered, the, she has suffered from many doctors. I mean, done all that she needed to do and it was not working. So she, she, she heard about Jesus and believed in her heart that if only I touch this man's garment, the hem of this man's garment, I'll be fine. She believed it. The Bible says that she said within herself that if I can touch the hem of this man's garment, I'll be healed. And was not afraid because she could have been killed if they had seen her as someone who was unclean. Because having issue of blood is an unclean thing. You are not clean to come close to anybody. You see. But she believed and she came. And when she came and she touched the man, she received power and got healed. A lot of people were touching Jesus, but nothing was happening. A lot of people were touching, they were all touching him. Peter even got offended that Jesus said that someone has touched him. It's like, ah, this man, pa, he normally says things that, I don't know why, why do you talk like that? You know, because everybody says, don't, a lot of people are pressing you. Why, why do you say that someone touched me? This is Luke chapter 8, verse 25. And Jesus said, who touched me? When all denied, Peter and they 
that were with him said, Master, the multitude throng thee and press thee and says that who touched me. Well, ah. Much, there are multitudes around you. Why are you saying that? Why? Oh, my Lord, this is not good car. <laughs> you know, Peter was older than Jesus, so sometimes we just step over his boundary and, brother, change your, change your life. He'll try to instruct Jesus. And Jesus insisted, somebody has touched me. For I perceive, I know that virtue has gone, has gone out of me. Power has gone out of me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's called touching God with faith. And that's what I'm showing you now. Touching God with faith. Okay? If you believe, you talk. If you believe, you talk. And she got the results. Things changed. What I'm talking about, like I said, is different from sustaining. There's a, the creative word and there's a sustaining word. Look at Hebrews chapter 1. Let's read from verse 1 to verse 4. I want to show you the other one, the sustaining one, okay? And I'll show you the creative one. Hallelujah. God, who at sundry times and in diverse manners, spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, as in these last days spoken to us by his son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, by whom also, it is by whom by his son also he made what? He made the world. By his son, who is the son? The word, isn't it? By him he made the world. So that's one side. Then he says, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, and upholding all things by what? The word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. Hallelujah. He says, and upholding all things by the word of his power. What he created. Hmm? Look at verse 2. Go back to verse 2. He says, God has in these last days spoken unto us by his son. Whom he has appointed of all things. By whom also he made the worlds. By his son he made the worlds. When, when was that? Genesis 1 1, isn't it? John chapter 1 verse 1. In the beginning was the word, and the word was God, and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him were all things made. Without him was nothing made that has been made. In him was life, and the life was the light of man. Is that not so? Yeah, that's John chapter 1 verse. It says, all things were made by him. John 1, 3. All things were made by, by who? By the word. All things were made by the word. And without the word was not anything that, anything made that was made. But after the first making, the upholding of what has been created, okay, is still done by the word, but a different word. It says, he upholded all things by the word of his power. Eh? And upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. But before this one, there was verse 2. Before verse 3 is verse 2. Verse 2 says, He created, he made all things by the word. And then verse 3 says, He, he upholds all the things that he created by his word, by his word. So there's upholding word or sustaining word, and there's creative word. Okay? Praise the Lord. For that creative word to come, God had to brood over the earth. And the Bible says that, and when God's heart was filled with what he believed, because God had to create what he believed, he had to create what he wanted to see, he had to, he had to have, have an imagination about it. This is how things are going to be. This is how things, this is how I want the earth to be. This is how I want the earth to be filled with cattle. I want it to be filled with this. Want, he had to create that. Then he spoke a word. Okay? That is in Genesis chapter 1 verse 3. He says, and God said, let there be light. And there was light. 
Now, that light that came did not come as a result of God just standing up to say, let there be light. No. He had to believe, brood, think on, believe his own word. Then when he spoke, it came into being. Now, that light that he spoke into being is still in being now. What is causing that light to still be in being? By his word. That is what I'm talking about. So, there are two of them. One, you don't need to believe so much. The first one, you really need to believe. If you don't believe, it will not come to pass. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I think they're different. It's very important. That's what the Bible says that death and life, it says, are in the power of your tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. That's in Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21. Okay? It says, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Death and life. Do you understand that? What is death? The termination of life. What is life? The beginning of life. <laughs> Isn't it? Life is to bring something to existence and sustain it. Death is to terminate that thing. So the ability to begin something or commence something is in your tongue. And the ability to terminate something is also in your tongue. So you can create something today. But if your word after that is not is killing it, it will die. You get it? So let's say God did speak to you about that business. And you believed it in your heart. And you spoke into being. This business is going away. You just knew. In that condition, you just knew what, what came out of you. But then after, you start confessing. When things are not working, you start... I don't know if God spoke to me. You are killing what, what God began in your life. You are killing it. Brothers and sisters, just understand the fact that everything is process. Okay? There's a process to life. Do you just grow up at once? You gave birth. Have you heard of Kiriku? <laughs> Kiriku and the sorcerer. Kiriku is the only one who grew up immediately he was born. He grew up at once. He walked, he did, the mother didn't have to push. He walked out of the womb. <laughs> Can you imagine? Have you seen something before? The child watched, walked and cut his own umbilical cord and continued his life. Hey! It only happens in cartoons. It doesn't happen in real life. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Death and life are in the power of the time. It is in day that love it shall eat of the fruit thereof. If you love it, if you acknowledge that your tongue is very powerful, it is you, you enjoy the benefits of what your tongue can do for you. In James, in the, in the book of James, it says that the one who is able to bridle his tongue is able to control his whole body. Okay? Yeah. So what, for instance, if you say, I don't know what I'm going to do with myself. You see, these are words that are, you are supposed to be say, saying things that will sustain you. But you are destroying your own life by your words. Your normal words like, I don't know what I'm going to do with myself. Because I don't know if I'm, I'm ever going to amount to anything. You are just killing your, your, you are killing your future. You are killing everything. Okay? Those are, you see, there's, there's a natural cause of life that God has given to us in Him, in Christ. That natural cause is the natural cause of uh, goodness, living in goodness and, and, and joy. That's a natural cause that he has given to us. Okay, I quoted a scripture for you in Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10. It says that we are God's workmanship. We created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which he before has preordained and predestined that we should walk in them. So there's a predestined, pre- preordained work for you, which is the work of goodness and, and, and joy. But with your words, you can kill that life that God has even already offered in your life. You get it? Hmm. But that is different from 
I want something. I want a def- I want something definite to happen. You walked into your future. I realized sickness was sickness has met you. How do I change the sickness? I have to sit there and meditate. You get it. I need a child. Sit there and meditate. For your believing to be full. And then speak a word. And sustain that word with your confessions. Hallelujah. Hmm. It says, A man's belly shall be filled. Go back to Proverbs chapter 18. Let's read from verse 20. A man's belly shall be satisfied with the fruit of his mouth, and with the increase of his lips shall he be filled. Okay? It says, A man's belly shall be what? Shall be satisfied with the fruit of his mouth, and with the increase of his lips shall he be filled. Your mouth is very powerful. What you're saying with your mouth is very, very powerful. Hallelujah. Yeah. But you must believe what you're saying. You don't believe what you're saying. What you're saying will never come to pass. Amazingly, the tongue has two things that it can say. Death and life. There's no gray line. Isn't it amazing? Hallelujah. Okay, so let's look at, let's examine Ezekiel chapter 37. So that we see, we can pick out some of these things. Okay, what I mean, what, what I'm really talking about. Okay, Ezekiel chapter 37. From verse 1. Ezekiel chapter 37. He says, The hand of the Lord was upon me and carried me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of a valley which was full of bones. Have you heard this, this story before? Ezekiel and the dry bones. He says, He was set in the midst of what? A valley. Which was full of bones, and caused me to pass by them run about. And behold, there were very many in open in the open valley, and lo, they were very dry. It says the bones were very dry. This this is a dry thing. This is a dry situation. I mean, nothing can change. What can you do with dry bones? And he didn't he didn't only say dry, he said they were very dry. He admitted the fact that they were very, very dry, and nothing could happen with them. Sometimes you have dark situations. Listen, as for the darkness of life, I've told you time and time again that it is part of life. But they are there. They are arranged on your way for you to change them. Okay? They are arranged for you to, to change them, to change them, to change things. Obviously, that God calls light to come out of darkness. He tells the darkness to produce light. The, the, the material for light is darkness. So, develop that attitude of not being moved when you see trouble. Not allowing trouble to submerge you and destroy you. Because trouble came, everything ceases. You are not smiling anymore. You are not talking to anybody anymore. You are not... It's part of it. <laughs> Joshua and Caleb said that the giants shall be as bread for us. They saw challenge and the result, they were cultured. Their spirits were raised by God. They knew what to do. You see, and that's what you must allow yourself for. For God to raise your spirit up. That challenge is not the end. Challenge is the beginning of new life. Death, without death, there is no life. There cannot be new life without death. There is no resurrection without death. Resurrection is that which has gone through death. And has come out in victory. And is unscathed by death. Is untainted by death. Cannot be affected by death. 
Hallelujah. There are some troubles that will keep coming and coming and coming and coming until you overcome them. When you overcome them, they will stop coming. But if you don't overcome them, they will, they will keep coming. Yeah. So remember that, okay? Whenever there's a challenge, don't discuss a challenge. Remember this day we should discuss a challenge. He showed us what to do. He says we should talk to the problem. Meditate and talk to the problem. Believe and talk to the problem. And it will change. That should be our attitude. Not running around. Pastor, I don't know what to do. I don't know what's going on. No. The challenge has come now. Okay, so now what am I going to do? If you are coming to me, ask me, Pastor, what should I do now? Not, Pastor, I don't know what to do. I, like right now, my life is gone. And you are, you are killing, you are killing your, your, your life even some more with your confessions. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. He says they were very dry. Very, very dry. Dark situation. There was a day Israel were just enjoying their peace, you know, and calm, and they were just happy. What I'm saying is in Second uh, Chronicles chapter 20. They were just enjoying their lives. Before they realized, some people had just gathered themselves. Four different nations had gathered themselves against them. Moab, Mount Seir, and then two other countries. Uh, okay, and it came to pass after, after this also that the of Moab and the church of Moab, Ammon and with them other beside the Ammonites came against Jehoshaphat to battle. Then there came some that told Jehoshaphat saying, There cometh a great multitude against thee from beyond the sea on this side Syria. And lo, and behold, they are they be in Hazazon Tabah. Hazazon Tabah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Which is Engedi. And so Moab, Ammon, and then the third one was Mount Seir. Great multitude. The Bible mentions that they were in their millions, actually. There were so many. It has never happened before. For so many people to gather to come and destroy one, one small country. When Jehoshaphat heard it, his heart sank into his stomach. He couldn't be. He was like, what is the meaning of this? They don't want us to exist. And Israel has had that problem up to date. Their people, their neighbors don't want them to exist. Okay, if you've heard of the Six Day War, a lot of all the all the countries, about eight countries or twelve countries, gathered against them at once, and in six days they beat them. They beat all the twelve countries. Amazingly, so a similar thing happened here. And you see, the result of the challenge was not to initially they were crying, but then they realized that something can be done. They had to talk to God. They had to seek God. So they sought God. They, they are not seeking God because God is lost. They are seeking God concerning that particular situation. What do you want us to do? What needs to be done? And when they gathered and fasted, the Bible says everybody fasted. Everybody fasted. They even made their goats fast. Everybody fasted. They were not giving them food. They made everybody, they made everybody fast because their lives were at risk. And when they fasted and prayed, in the midst of the fasting and praying, God spoke to them and showed them exactly what he said. This battle, this is the greatest battle that Israel is ever going to fight. He tells them they are not going to fight. He will fight for them. And they didn't use even one sword to fight. Because God showed them. He said, play trumpets and just praise the beauty of holiness. That's what God, that was the instruction God gave to them. Played for war. So they are coming for the war and they have trumpets in front. And they are blowing the trumpets and shouting, Praise ye the Lord for his mercy and endurance forever. Praise ye the Lord for his mercy and endurance. They were just praising the beauty of holiness. And as they did, the Bible says that God sent ambushment. God sent confusion into the camp of their enemies. 
and the people of Mount Seir stood up against the people, the people of Mount Seir and, and Ammon stood up against the people of Moab and killed all the Moabites. After they were done with them, they came against each other and all in one night. All in one night, they killed each other and Israel came to come and come and take property. They came to take property. And it took three days to gather the property. Three days. This is great darkness. Great darkness. But they had enough wisdom not to start complaining and start crying. If they were crying, they were crying to God, not to human beings, not to people. They cried unto God. And what do you want us to do? What do we need to do? And God showed them. And they did what God showed them. And everything became different. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You can read it for yourself. It's a very wonderful thing. Yeah, this is when everything had happened. This is 2 Chronicles 20-25. And when Jehoshaphat and his people came to take away the spell of them, they found among them in abundance both riches with their dead bodies and precious jewels, which they stripped off for themselves, more than they could carry away. And they were three days in gathering of the spell. It was so much. This was Israel's greatest opportunity for prosperity, but it, it came in the form of darkness. It came in the form of dark. That was how it came. The original, the original state was that of darkness, was that of terror, was that of, hey, I don't know what I'm going to do. That was how it came. But embedded in that darkness was great prosperity. That's how, that is how it's always, that is how, so just develop that thing. I'm never going to be moved, I'm never going to be shaken when darkness comes. You get it? When, when there's a trouble, when there's a problem, the evil day is actually a step up to a higher ground. It's not, it's not a sign of my death and my destruction. No. Hallelujah. A great testimony is going to be worked because of that particular darkness. Yeah, so you talk to it. Listen, brother, you are going to produce results for me. Yeah. You are going to produce results. You are going to, you are going to bear so much fruit for me. Even though it looks so dark. Since why we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are subject to change. Anything that is, it says, if it can be seen, it's so obvious it can be seen. It's the subject to change. It will change. Hallelujah. Everything about everything about your senses shows that ah, this thing is so dark. How is this thing going to change? Your story will be greater when your poverty is, is greater. Yes. Yeah, your story will be greater. Okay, when you when everybody knows, everybody knew how you were before. That's why they will not believe. They will always say that oh, it's some juju, something you went to kill somebody for it. They, they can't believe. How did this happen? David said, "I'm a wonder to my generation." They look at me and they wonder, ah, how did this guy? Ah, what happened? Ah, you see, see, darkness is bread. Say it with, with confidence. Darkness is bread. For me. You see, you are, you, are, you are confessing your sustenance. Okay? That's what you are. Well, as you say these things, when, as you go into the future and you see darkness, what you said today will show up. You'll be reminded. That's what God remind you. Darkness is bread. And you say it with darkness is bread. That can be your remind at that particular point in time. And it will change the situation immediately. Hallelujah. Yeah. It works. It works. It works. The word always works. While we're looking at the things which are seen. Yeah. Don't look at your senses, okay? As for your senses, it always tells another story. Always. It's always like that. You read your Bible, you realize that, hey, challenges, darkness, troubled times. But out of it comes glory. I mean, what, is, what was more challenging 
than having why did God allow Pharaoh and the child of Egypt to follow the children of Israel? Why? I mean, you delivered them, just keep them. You could have brought the light that the fire that he brought in between the two of them at the shore of the sea, of, of, the, of, of the Red Sea. You could have brought it in Egypt so that they don't come. Couldn't God have done that? Why did God wait until they had gotten to the Red Sea? He could have done everything in one day. Why did he wait for them to get to the Red Sea and then wait for these people to come all the way and then when, just when they were a breath away, they, Israel saw Egypt like that. Like the last person, the last Egyptian was here and the last Israelite was here. Just when this guy was stretching his hand to strike an, 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 an Israelite, a pillar of fire came in between them and stood in between them. Why did God? Why does God do such things? Like, hair's breath, then you are saved. Hey! It's to help your believing. It's to help your believing. Yeah, it's to help your believing. Okay. So Ezekiel saw dry bones, nothing. I mean, dry bones, and God shows him what exactly to do. We can change things, brother. We can change things. There's nothing that cannot be changed. Everything is subject to change. Nothing. Nothing can, can, can remain the same. Yeah. Acts 1.8 It says, I give you power. Eh? It says, when, it says, you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. You shall receive ability to cause changes. Ability to cause changes. To change things. That's power that ability has been given to us. We can change things. No matter how long it takes, it will change. It will change. What if it's not changing? I'm the one to go through it. God trusts me enough to go through this particular thing. I will go through it in the name of the Lord Jesus. Yeah, it shall come to pass. That's, that phrase is always in the Bible. And it came to pass. It will come and pass. All the situations will come and pass. The lack, the, oh, all those things will come to pass. I, I know where I've come from. I, I remember where I was born. I remember, I remember all those things. I'm not saying I was there when I was born, but I remember how I, I've grown up. You get it? I know. I know the situations we've gone through. Yeah. There was a point in my life. Uh, someone, someone says that me, I don't have that grace to grass, a uh, grass to grace story. Someone said that. But I think I have that. And I, I don't feel bad that I have that. Because I was not born into prosperity. And I was not born being thought what it means. I didn't know. I grew up to find out. And when I grew up and I found out, I realized that I can change something. And I changed it. Yeah, that's the story I have. Yeah. Very difficult situations. Very, very difficult situations. But God had taught me that you can change this with your word. Believe in it. There was a time in my life when even at one day, let me, let me say this to you. One day, my mother came to visit me in secondary school. This is 2001. She came to visit me in secondary school. And when she came, she brought me one olunka of uh, Gary and half Olunka of sugar. Now, she traveled all the way from Accra to the eastern region to come to my school. And that was what she brought to me. That was what she could bring. That was what she could bring. And she added 500 cities. Not 500 Ghana cities. The old 500 cities, it's 5 pesos now, the 5 pesos today. That's what she gave to me. She handed over that amount of money to me. And if she had added another 5 pesos to it, she wouldn't have gotten home. Yeah. 
It was so terrible. The person who came to tell me my mother was in said that my grandmother is looking for me. You know, poverty can change your, fa- your facial expression. You know that, right? It can make you look old at once. Worry, depression, and all those things. It can just make you become old. My mother was not that old, but she, the guy came and came to say that my grandmother is looking for me. It was my junior. And I said, ah, I don't, my, all my grandmothers are dead. I didn't see any of them. They all died before I came. I said, okay, let's go. When we went, and I, it was my mother. I slapped the boy like that. What do you mean? That's my mother. <laughs> that's my mother. What, what do you mean by saying it's my That's my mother. Yeah. It was that bad. But that same woman that I'm talking about, in her current state, has been able to buy plots of lands in Accra. Can you imagine? <laughs> yeah. Things have changed. I used to tell her, things will change. I told her, listen, God, you will build a house. I, God showed me a vision. I was just praying, God, what? And God, instead of God telling me that how we are going to find our next meal, he told me about the house my mother is going to build. Because <laughs> I was praying about how we'll get our next meal. It was so bad, we had to plant corn in my house. We plant corn, and then we harvest the corn, put it in water for it to become so. Then I'll go and blend it. Eh? And then bring it back so we can, we can get kinky out of it. And there was palm nut tree behind the house. That brings palm nut fruits. We get the palm fruits, do everything, cook everything. And, but there's no meat in the, in the palm nut soup. There can't be meat inside. No meat. We boil it to the point that it becomes very thick. So we can use that stew for the kinky. And we eat it for days. I mean, to get into your nose, you realize you want to eat something, but you, can't, you just can't turn it. Rotten fish. I've eaten rotten fish so many times. So many fish that is old. Salmon that is like three weeks old. This is like I eat fresh salmon. It's a blessing from the Lord. Give the Lord a shout. Yeah, so you may be eating salmon that is, it's not the end of your life. Don't kill you. Don't kill you. It's not the end of your life. It's, it's to make your testimony greater. Yeah. Some people see me, they think like, like I've never seen. Someone touched, someone greeted me. Said my palm was so soft. It's like, ah, you've been reading the Bible the, the whole of your life. I just said, yes, it's true. Yeah. You don't know what I've done. Hallelujah. Anything can change. Yeah, God showed me she will build a house here. So the, the interpretation was this. If you, she will build a house here, then what to eat is not a problem. I told her, you are going to build a house here. And I showed her, I, I remember, I made a stand and I walked eh, and showed her how the thing is going to be like. It is there. That house is sitting there. She's wow. able to do it. Yeah. Brothers and sisters, anything is subject to change. Okay. No matter how dark it is, it will change. Just stay with your God. Stay true to God. Stay true to his word. Things will change. It will not be like that forever. At all. Okay? So, this guy was putting a sort of dry, dry bones. Nothing looked possible. In God's show. Let's look at it. So nice. Verse 3. Is it good? And he said unto me, Son of a God was trying to find out. Son of man, can these bones live? Can these bones live? Can they live? Can they receive life? Can they come back to life? Can things change in this valley? I answered, Oh Lord, thou knowest. What, a, what an answer. This is, the, this is the right answer. Oh Lord, thou knowest. You know. What do you say? It's always good when you throw it back to God. What do you say? What do you say? What, what do you think about the situation? Look at the next verse. Again, he said unto me, Prophesy upon these bones and say unto them, Oh ye dry bones. Hear the word of the Lord. Just prophesy unto these bones. Speak unto these bones. And say unto the bones. 
Hear ye the word of the Lord. Continue. That said the Lord God unto these bones. Behold, I will cause bread to enter into you. Now, God is talking now. All this is God talking. Okay? When he said, thou knowest, God started speaking to him and showed him what to say. God must teach you what to say. If If you don't hear what to say, what you are going to say will not come to pass. That's here the Lord unto these ones. Behold, I will cause bread to enter into you, and you shall live. And I will lay sinews upon you, and will bring upon bring up flesh upon you, and cover you with skin, and put breath in you, and you shall live, and you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was what? I prophesied as I was what? I spoke as I was commanded. What is the commandment of the Lord for you? In Lamentation chapter 33 verse 1. Verse 8. He says that, Who is he that saith a thing? And it cometh to pass. When the Lord commanded, no, commanded it not. If God has not commanded it, it will not come to pass. Eh? Lamentation 3.37 rather. He says, Who is he that saith and it cometh to pass? When the Lord commanded it not. You can say and it will not come to pass. If God has not commanded it. So he says, I prophesied as I was commanded. In your believing, God will, I said God will speak to you. You'll be shocked. God will tell you exactly. I've had that so many times. So many times. So many times. What to do? What to do? When God told me to start a church, there was nothing that showed that, that something can happen. I, I didn't even believe in it at the start. I had to allow God to help me to believe. I had to look at the word. God, help me look, see what you are seeing. And God showed me and told me, just do it. Just go and do it. It will work. I spend time to hear from God. That is why it is working. Okay? That is why it is working. If you don't spend time to hear from God and hear what he commands. Because some people have gone without being commanded. Just, they have gone, but I have not sent them. They prophesied, but I have not spoken to them. I didn't say anything to them, but they are saying it. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. If you want real results, real results, let God speak to you. Spend time. If it takes 10, ten months to hear exactly what God says. Repeat it within one month it will be done. Hallelujah. Is I prophesied as he commanded, as I was commanded. I, I spoke what he told me. Now, for the thing to change, God is the change does not happen on God's side, it's going to happen on your side. And God needs your lips and your believing to make it come to pass. If you don't believe, if you don't speak, nothing is going to come to pass. So it's two ways. God speaks to you, you must repeat what God is saying. It can't be one way. God, of course, God will say it, but it's not come to pass until you have said it. You must give voice to the word of God. Okay? You must give voice to God's word. If you don't give a voice to God's word, it's not going to come to pass. See, so I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a noise and behold, a shaking. And bones came together, bone to his bone. Hallelujah. Bone to his bone. Things started changing. Things started happening. It took time. It was a process. It says bone to his bone. They started coming. And when I behold, when I behold, Lord, the signs on the flesh came upon them. And the skin covered them up. Covered them, covered them above. But there was no breath in them. After everything had happened, there was no breath. He needed breath. He needed to bring life into the thing. What does he do? Look at the next thing. Then said he unto me. God is talking again now. So he's, God, he's now, God is showing him the next thing to do. Don't let waiting on God depart from you, your life. Like learning to wait on God. Finding time for God. Okay? You and God alone. Not with a pastor or anybody there. Just you and God. 
Don't be like the Christians who relegate everything for the pastor. Okay? They let the pastor do things, but they won't do any of those things. But they expect things to change. No, God, God is an individual God. He talks to individuals. He's personal. He's a personal God. Just when I called Abraham, I called him alone. That's what God said. Did he say, when I called him, I called him with all of it. He says, I called him alone. When I called Abraham, I called him alone. He stood before me alone. God wants you to stand before him alone. For him to talk to you. Then he said unto me, Prophesy unto the wind. Prophesy, son of man, and say to the wind, Thus saith the Lord God, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slings, that they may live. God is talking by it's not happening. Look at the next thing. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came. When the breath started coming, when I started speaking, do you get it? Yeah. When God talks to you, you speak it out. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they lived and stood up upon their feet, an exceeding great army. The, the valley that was full of dry bones was now a valley full of an army, filled with an army to make war for God. Things can change. Tell me about things can change. Tell him I see things changing for you. No matter how terrible it is, it's going to change. It's going to change. It's going to change. I'm not going to look at the things around. I'm going to allow God to show me what exactly to do. Yeah, what exactly to do. It always works when God, when God speaks. Always. Hebrews 13, what? 5. Let's look at Hebrews 13, 5. He that cometh to God must believe that he is, isn't it? He has said so that we may boldly say, okay, yes, yes. Just let your conversations be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. For he has said, for God has said, I will never leave thee, leave thee nor forsake thee. So that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall, say, shall do unto me. So God speaks so that we can see as well. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. See, I'm going somewhere. I'm going say it again, I'm going somewhere. I'm going All these are sustaining words. So as you are speaking now, you are, you are, these are things, there are some things that God has said already. So you sustain them with your words. God has created some of this, those things already. Okay? But the exact circumstances and the exact conditions of your life. You are to create them with your own mouth as God speaks to you. Hallelujah. Yeah, so you are, we don't do things independent of God. We don't just exist independent. A lot of people have... You see, we preach about who, who you are in Christ, but you forget to talk about who Christ is in you. It's a two-way thing. We are something in Christ, but Christ is also something in us. We cannot go without Him. We can't. It won't work without Him. Hallelujah. Yeah, so God, talk to me. Speak to me. You see, and... As a child of God, you are the sheep of his pasture, and you do hear his voice. Look at John chapter 10, verse 3. You hear his voice. You've been programmed to hear his voice. Okay? My son knows my, my, my son is very, but he knows my voice. When he hears me talking, he, he just starts turning. Those of you who know, you know. As soon as he hears my voice, he starts talking. Even if I'm very far away and he hears my voice, he starts moving. Like, where is, where is he? Where is daddy? He wants to know where I am. Hallelujah. John 10, 3. It says, To him the potter openeth, and the sheep what? Let's read from verse 1. This is what I want you to see, but let's, so it makes more sense for you, okay? From verse 1. Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that heareth, he that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. But he that entereth in by the door is a shepherd of the sheep. 
Verse 3. To him the porter openeth, and the sheep hear his voice. The sheep, the sheep are designed to hear his voice. It is in it. It is part of them. Hallelujah. Are you a child of God? Are you born again? Then you have been programmed. You have been set up to hear God's voice. It is not difficult to hear God's voice. It is the easiest thing that you can ever think about. And I showed you how to hear. You see, when I spoke about gathering knowledge and believing in it, that's how to hear from God. You hear from God. You see, um, I've been trying. I've been using this as an example. If I should speak guy, I don't know how many of you understand. How many of you understand guy? Okay. So if I speak guy, it is only those who have who have had their minds trained to hear guy can hear me. No matter how I'm speaking a language that is literal, like some people, it's a language that people understand. But if you've not been trained, your mind has not been trained to understand. You can't understand it. People speak Arabic. Is it not so? Speak like as though they are. You wonder whether they are choking or something. Is there something going on? There's nothing. They are, this is that is their language. But you don't understand it. And sometimes some languages. I have some expressions that are similar to some other languages, but different meaning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. My, one of my sisters went to Korea some time ago, and they, they went for dinner somewhere. She didn't know the food. I hear Korean food is very interesting. You really need to be shown what to take, or else you eat something that you're not supposed to eat. So she didn't know what to eat. So someone was leading, was behind her rather. So when they get to a particular portion of the they, dinner, just serve yourself, okay? So when they get there, the guy does something to let her know that uh, the meal is this one is very nice. He can, she can eat it because that guy had been to Ghana before, so she, he also knows Ghanaian food and how it tastes and all that. You get it? So my sister was going and then he was following. So when they get somewhere, then he point to the meal and do this. Bushia. Bushia is like. It's nice, but it's not nice. If it's very nice, then say, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> hey. Can you imagine? But in, in this place, Bushia is what? What is Bushia? Like fight, like Bushia, Bushia, Bushia. Is that not, is that not what we do here? Even Ch- some Chinese expressions. Uh, uh, uh. In Shao is what? Thank you, eh? Is it thank you? Thank you, Stoshi. Shahu is something. Pisha is master. But there's an expression in Chinese, in Shahu. In Ga, that is a different thing altogether. I mean, you understand Ga? In Shahu is, I've fat, I've I've been flattening all this while. That's what it means. But in Chinese, it means something nice, like something powerful, something. Hey! Hallelujah. So sometimes God is speaking to you, but because you've not, your mind has not been trained to receive what He's saying, you think He's not speaking to you. How do you train your mind, or how do you train yourself to receive from God? God has a vocabulary. God will never speak outside of His word. God will never ever speak outside of His word. God always speaks through His word. That is why you must gather the knowledge concerning God's word and believe in it. Then God can. That is the only time God can speak to you for you to speak. I get it. Because during that period, you are actually training. You are gathering knowledge, yes. You are believing, yes. But you are actually training yourself and setting yourself up for God to talk to you. For you to be able to understand. Or else your mind will not be trained to hear what he's saying to you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. 
Yeah, so we are in program to hear his voice. And we can hear his voice. We understand him when he talks. Okay, it's not difficult at all. And I've showed you how. Condition your spirit. Condition your, your life, your, yourself to hear. And he will definitely speak to you. And when you release that word, oh, you will know in yourself that that thing has changed. You will know, you will know that this thing has changed. You will know that this thing is going to work. It is going to work. Then after whatever challenge comes, you, you just speak. It just, it just, the word of God just comes out of your spirit without you having to work it up. It just comes out. Oh, it's going to work. It's going to work. Things are going to change. Someone can come. Ah, the thing is not change. It will change, brother. It will change. It will change. It will change. I spoke. It has happened. It has been created. It will show up. You see, brothers and sisters, in Genesis chapter 1, if you read your Bible very carefully, you realize that God spoke things into being. But in chapter 2, he was bringing those things into being in another way. He was forming them. Even though he had spoken it into being already, they started forming once again in chapter 2. It's as though there are two creations. No, they are not. He created once and it was formed. It came into time. It came into being with time. You understand? Oh, read your Bible very carefully. You see it. Okay, this is Genesis chapter 2 verse 9. It says, And out of the ground made the Lord God to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. The tree of life also in the midst of the garden. And the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Continue. Okay, and the river, blah, blah, blah. But if you go to chapter 1, you see that God, God called the trees to come. Isn't it? Look, look for it for me in chapter 1. Then also in chapter 1, you realize that God spoke for cattle, for birds and all that to come. But in chapter 2, he, he, brought, he formed the cattle and everything and brought them to Adam to see what Adam would call them. Genesis 1.11 And God said, let the earth bring forth grass, the herb yielding seed, and the fruit tree yielding fruit after his kind, whose seed is in itself upon the earth. And it was so. Have you seen it? And the earth brought forth grass and herb yielding seed after his kind, and the tree yielding fruit, whose seed was in itself after his kind. And God saw that it was good. That was chapter 1. But in chapter 2, he caused it. He brought it out. What I'm trying to let you know that there's a distance or there's a gap between your confession, your creative confession, and its money, and it's showing up. There is. If it doesn't change immediately, you don't think that, oh, nothing is happening. That's why you have need of patience. Next week, I'll, t- I'll share with you concerning patience. You have need of patience. After that, you have done the will of God. You, sh- you see the promises. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Go to the next verse. Go to verse 13. Genesis 1, 13. In the evening and the morning were the, were the third day. And God said, let there be lights in the firmament. Okay. Go to a place where he created animals. Go to 21. Chapter, chapter 1, verse 21. And God created great whales, every living creature that moveth, which the, which the waters brought forth abundantly after their kind. And every wing fell out of his kind. And God said that it was good. Continue. Verse 22. And God blessed them, saying, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the, earth. fill the waters in the seas, and let fowl multiply in the earth. And even in the morning was the fifth day. And God said, Let the earth be for the living creature after his kind, cattle and creeping thing and beast of the earth after his kind. And it was so. Go to chapter 2. He has created it here. Go to chapter 2, verse 19. Let's, just 19 is okay. It says, And out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field. And every fowl of the air, and brought them unto Adam to see what you call them. And what Adam called every living creature, that was the same. It doesn't make sense, isn't it? Because from the creative word to the formation of the thing is time. 
but to show up. So God had enough patience to, for what he has said to show up. Why can't you have patience for it to show up? The Bible says that he that believeth will not be in haste. You will not be in haste. If you believe, you will not be in haste. You will not. You know, why is it not changing? Why is it, it will change. Yes, it has been created. It will show forth physically for you to see. It takes time for it to show forth physically. Okay? So don't be moved. Don't let your hands be troubled. Don't be moved. Don't let things shake you. It's going to come to pass. What God has said will show forth in my life. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. See, I'm going somewhere. I'm going Say it again. I'm going somewhere. I'm going somewhere. Look at me. Look at me carefully. Because I'm going somewhere. I'm a bundle of success. Happening everywhere I go. In the name of the Lord Jesus. My life is full of glory. In the name of the Lord Jesus. God bless you for listening. Keep listening to the word as Christ is made the center of your world. For prayer and counseling, call 024-563-8314 or send an email to info at christworldinc.com. God bless you.